0: Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? For anyone who is of a mind to forgive, it's a reasonable question to ask. It's hard enough to be hurt by someone once, harder still to be hurt by them repeatedly. Surely there must be some reasonable limit to the number of times we're required to forgive someone, right? After all, if a child does something wrong, we put them in timeout. If a citizen breaks the law, we put them in prison to punish them, perhaps even for a lifetime. But what if we flip the question around? Not that you or I would ever do this. So just hypothetically, what if you or I were ever the offending party? What if you or I did something wrong to someone else? Wrote a par on the scorecard when you really made a bogey. Lied to get your sister in trouble when you really did it. Picked a fight with your wife when you're really mad at someone else. Okay, who's writing this material anyway? (laughs) Shall I go on? How many times would we want to be forgiven on the one hand we are right to live by the rule of law if someone breaks the household rules or the law it is good it is good that there are consequences for that in fact just last week we read the scriptures where jesus himself teaches about what the church has historically called excommunication saying that if a brother is unwilling to acknowledge and repent of his sin he is to be put outside of of the fellowship of the church and treated as a Gentile or a tax collector. But on the other hand, what if the same offending party has a change of heart? What if he repents of his sin and is willing to make restitution for his wrongdoing? Is there any hope then that he or she can be reconciled? And what if that person is you or me? Surely these are the very kinds of things that were in Peter's mind when he posed the question about forgiveness. And it seems obvious enough that he's asking the question for two reasons. One reason is that the problem of sin is persistent and it pervades every, every human heart. We all struggle with sin. We all commit sins. And frankly, we do it more often than we want to admit And the second reason is that we don't know how to solve the problem of sin on our own. If Peter could have figured it out on his own, he wouldn't have asked Jesus the question. But he did. And when he did, we all got to see what God thinks about forgiveness. How often should I forgive my brother? I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times in the ESV translation in the King James, 70 times seven, you get the idea, a whole lot. And then Jesus told a parable to show how God sees forgiveness and how God would have us to live in the light of his fatherly love. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants, And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, an unfathomable debt. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him and his family and all that he had to be sold and payment to be made, the scripture says. Now, let's stop here and let's put this in theological terms. This part of the story, this part of the parable, is the story of what God could do when we sin. You see, God is a God of holiness. He is a God of righteousness, and He is a God of justice. And when we sin against Him, God could put us in time out, in prison, to be blunt, in hell. Why? Because when we sin, We are telling God we don't want any part of Him. And if we don't want any part of Him, then He will allow us to live that way for all of eternity if that's what we decide, if that's what we choose. Now, if that part of the parable is what God could do, the next part of the parable is actually what God did do. In the next part of the story, Jesus tells us that the servant begged for mercy. He came to his master and he fell on his knees and he implored him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything I owe. Listen to this next part carefully. And out of pity for him, the master released him. And the scripture says, he forgave his debt. Now notice this carefully. And here's this theologically. At this point in the parable, the servant is forgiven and the servant is free. The master had mercy on him. He forgave his debt. The servant now no longer owed him anything. And remember this for later. The servant didn't have to now go out and collect anything. It was finished. It was over. He was a free man. And that, my friends, is what God did do. Because God is a God of holiness, of righteousness, and of justice, he could punish us forever, and he would be justified in doing it. But here's the rest of the story. You see, God is also a God of love. He is a God of mercy. And therefore, he is a God who delights to forgive, as the scripture says. You, you are the apple of his eye. You are the desire of his heart. God's love burns for you. And God's love bled for you. Why? Because the debt in this parable is the debt of obedience that we cannot now pay. Once we sold ourselves into the slavery of sin and became subject to evil and death, does that sound familiar? Christ knew he would have to come rescue us and give his life as a ransom for many. Does that sound familiar? And what does that look like? It looks like a woman whom Jesus met at a well one day. A woman who had five husbands and the man she was with even at that time was not her husband. But when Jesus set her free, she ran to the whole town. And told them, look at this man who told me everything about who I am and what I had done, and yet he does not condemn me. It looks like a man who was delivered from a legion of demons, and then he ran to tell the whole town about what Jesus had done for him. And it looks like a criminal condemned to die on a cross next to Christ. And yet he cried out to him in his dying breath, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him in reply and said, today you will be with me in paradise. This is what Jesus did do for you, for me, for the sins and for the salvation of the whole world. The whole world. And what about the rest of this parable? The rest of this parable tells us what God will do. What God will do to those who give him lip service, yet even having once begged for mercy, they still walk away from him and refuse to give him life service. Remember that servant. Servant the one who owed the massive debt that he could not pay, the one who had been forgiven, the one whom the master had set free. Jesus tells us that this same servant, having been forgiven, having been freed, yet he went out, he found one of his servants who only owed him a 100 denarii, and he seized him, and he choked him. And he demanded that he pay him what he owed. And when that servant begged him for mercy, he refused and he put him in prison until he should pay the last debt. The others were outraged. And they reported it to the master who then called for the man. What is this, you wicked servant? I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And you... Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servants as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, the master then delivered him to the jailers until he paid all of his debt. And Jesus ends this way. So will my heavenly father do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. My friends, if that's a hard word, if that's a hard word, it is meant to be. Let's not soft sell what's happening here. If that's a hard word, it's meant to be. Why? Because God is reminding us that He is holy and He is righteous and He is just. And He is warning us that a great and terrible day of His judgment is coming when He will come again in glory to judge both the living and the dead, and His kingdom will have no end. Does that sound familiar? So in light of what God could do, and mindful of what God will do, let us never forget what God did do. How because of his love, his mercy, and his grace, this is what the scripture says. He desires not the death of a sinner, but that he turn from his wickedness and live. And what does that look like? It looks like a woman who wet Jesus' feet with her tears and then wiped them with her hair and heard those words of assurance that the one who is forgiven much loves much. And it looks like a man named Saul who once stood in approval as a man named Stephen was stoned to death, but then spent the rest of his life to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And it looks like a group of people gathered right here in this very room who realize that there can be no limit on our willingness to forgive others no matter how big the hurt how brutal the pain or how bad we think the person is why because there simply is no limit on how much God has forgiven you on how much God has forgiven me and all people in all places at all times For God hates nothing. God hates nothing. God hates nothing that He has made. Lord, how many times? How many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Seven times? I say to you, not seven times but 70 times 7.